Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, my name is Grant Williams. Um, I'm basically known for racing at Goodwood Revival, um, festival speeds, stuff like that, classic saloon car races, mainly Mark 1 Jags and Mark 2 Jags is my sort of main gig. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Hello and welcome to this week's Driven Chat Podcast. My name is John Marker and as you have just heard there from the introduction this week, we are joined by Grant Williams. Who, Grant, you've given yourself quite a, a modest introduction there because I was hoping for more of a, uh, a sideways smoky focus, which I think most people listening to this, if they are familiar with you already will know you as the man that goes sideways at Goodwood. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. well, it, it said it started in 1999, mm-hmm. Revival. Um, you know, I, I love going sideways, don't get me wrong. I get a lot of crap for not going straight lines and stuff like that, <laughs> but, you know, that's not the fun way around the track as far as I'm concerned. But, yeah, my, my nickname is Sideways Williams. You know? Perfect, yeah. perfect. Now, also joining us for this episode for the second time in only a few weeks is co-host mr miles lacy hello again miles hello again john how are you i'm very well and i'm conscious of the way i introduced myself just there for a moment because i got a few comments saying that my voice was up a few octaves when we first started the podcast the other week ah. and by the end of the podcast it was down a few octaves <laughs> so i don't know what quite happened there but here we are that was quite a high start actually it was it was but again it's very relevant that you're here because a bit like in your last appearance with martin donnelly uh, you had a, a close friend and work connectionship, connectionship, relationship, just make a new word up, mm. uh, a relationship with uh, Martin. You also have a working relationship, dare I say friendship, with Grant Williams Oof. as well. 
Yes, yes. Oh, oh that was yeah, very generous. Yeah, he's, he, he, he's, a, he's a good friend. He's a good friend, he is, yes. Yeah. He's, we, bit, he's a bit like my Padwin. That's right, that's right. <laughs> um, you know, he, buy, he, he buys me chips and stuff like that. So, you know, <laughs> what's not to like? That's true, that's yeah, true. Yeah, Grant and I, we do know each other outside of this world. Um, well, I've been an avid supporter of what he does because obviously I like going sideways too. Yeah. Always good fun. Um, but yeah, we've just, we just, we bonded and it became a bromance. Nothing more than that. And, uh, and here we are. We share the same thing, which is smoking rear tires. Yeah. Love go. of cars. Yeah. And it's also worth saying that you, uh, Grant, have appeared on the podcast once before in a very brief segment. With, that was at the Goodwood Revival. So Goodwood Re- the sounds of Goodwood Revival 2022. Indeed. Um, you both appeared on that together. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we did say after that recording, oh, we should do a a longer chat. And it's only taking us six months, so here we are now. And the last thing I'll say as part of our intro is a huge thank you to Baffle House, who have very kindly put us up in one of their little secret offices that I'd never seen before until today. We are currently sat upstairs from the uh, brilliant motorcycle meeting place and coffee shop just outside Abergavenny in Wales, which is conveniently just down the road for you, Grant, I hear. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, 20 minutes away from us. Um, I've been over here before a couple of times. It's a great place. It's you know, just there's lots of motorbikes and memorabilia everywhere yeah. around like, and you got racing cars everywhere. So you know, it's a yeah. car guy's dream, basically. It is. And <laughs> if if you were to arrive, you know, within a week or so of this episode going live, maybe more, uh, there's currently a beautiful white Z3M coupe. Oh, here we go. With a, a for sale sign. It didn't it. Say, how long so, we? Four, four minutes. <laughs> four minutes. He's already trying to plug his car. <laughs> That's all I'll say about it. That's all mm. I'll say. Um, it is. It is, it is beautiful. It's yeah. a lovely. It's a lo- what else did you want me to say? <laughs> <laughs> Just send the check of the post. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, yeah. Wonderful place. So a big thank you to Ollie and Sam and uh, and, the, and the rest of the team here who've uh, very kindly given us some space today to record this on, on a day also where it's uh, currently hammering down with snow. I thought summer was on its way, but here we are. Yeah. Uh, being uh, can can we just make this very very clear? Of the shall we say, expedition that John and I have taken just to come and do this goddamn podcast with you, all right? We've driven through snow, we've driven through sleet, you name it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for you, it was a little stroll up the road. It was yeah. three hours for us. <laughs> 20 minutes away, I told you. We very nearly destroyed a Peugeot as well. It was looking, you know, seeming did. like it was going to pull out for a massive T-bone, but we all survived. Everyone's fine. Everyone's fine. We're yeah. here. And, um, yeah, Grant, thanks for joining us. Let's... Uh, but yeah, on that basis, you need to give us some absolute gold dust in this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, um, we'll make it easy though. So, uh, Grant, one of the things I always like to ask and, and explore—I love knowing where everyone's journey in this world of cars started. So, do you have a particular memory from as far back as you can think that might have turned on a little light bulb or planted a seed, resulting in now seeing you sliding classic Jags around a circuit in Chichester? Basically, I'm third generation. So, you know, my grandfather started in the 50s. Um, he started racing saloon cars. Um, and my father was racing as well. And then I just sort of carried on the family tradition. Like, I mean, I've always, you know, motorbikes, cars, dirt bikes, I've always been totally heavily involved in that stuff as a kid. I loved it. Um, I'm very, very fortunate that my father and my grandfather had the foresight to buy the right cars at the right time. I mean, so don't get me wrong, they were a lot of money back in the day. I mean, I think. Granddad paid sixteen hundred and fifty pounds for buy one. Wow! Yeah, which is you know it's about three hundred grand a day's money. I mean, we weren't rich people, but mm. he wanted to go racing, and he had a small petrol station in the valley, um, and he was racing Mark ones in the early days with drum brakes and stuff like that. And uh, he heard that buy one was for sale. He seen it in a magazine, I think it was Autosport, 
in 59. Wow. Um, and then he bought it in 62 off the factory. Huh. He, he trundled all the way up to Lofty and said, look, I want to buy the car. And that was it. And that was, that was sort of cemented from there, basically. Amazing. Now, that car is, it, it is synonymous with your surname. And I mean, everybody that has been to Goodwood at least once, I think if there are certain cars, and interestingly, registrations, because again, there aren't many racing cars that can be referred to from their registration numbers. No, it's not, no. Um, you think of the, there's a, that um Cut seven low drag E type coupe, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. There's a few others that yeah. stand out. But the the Jag with buy one yeah. as the number plate is the one that everyone, or one of the cars that everyone is uh, very excited about seeing sliding around going sideways. Um, I'm not sure that I knew that family history, that I knew that the car had been a successful or it'd been used in motorsport for generations, but I didn't actually realize it was all in the same family, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was, it's the same family. And, and said, Granddad was racing for years with the car. He started to modify it a bit, and then he just, he, he passed away. The car was just left in the garage to rot, basically. Wow. And we, Dad, but he pulled it out. He pulled it out in 96. We stored it um, just, to, just to start racing the car again. And then revival started in 98. We, he had an invite. I was young at the time. Mm-hmm. I was just, I just finished racing the Black Mark II of mine, um, which I won the Bridgestone Jaguar Challenge Championship. And that was the only first year out in the car I won the championship. Wow. And that was my first my first maiden race, basically, is that was that one. And he said, do you want to come to Revival? And like, I was like, Dad, I don't want to do that. Off. I want to go <laughs> What's off. that? What's that about? You know, <laughs> I, you know, I'm 19 years old. I want to go off and see some birds. Like, <laughs> I, want, I just want to go and you know, play the field a bit. Like, I mean, yeah. so he goes and does the first 98 race. And, you know, I, I get a phone call halfway through. He says, son, God, it's like nothing we've ever done before. They're giving us free fuel, for God's sake. Like, really? So, yeah, it was, it was a real... Massive eye up, and I, I didn't. Okay, Dad, yeah, fine, okay. Uh, and then all of a sudden, ninety nine come along, and they said, "Do you want to come and do it?" Like, and I think Dad had a four. He he got a third. Oh, he had a third or a fourth in the first race there. Great. Dad was always quick, really quick driver. Yeah. But he was a bit of a kamikaze driver. He would he, <laughs> he, he would get it sideways and then sort of lose it a bit, and then you know next thing he he would pit run off on the grass somewhere. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I mean, Goodwood is an event, uh, the Revival, as well as the other meetings, like the Members Meeting and, and Festival of Speed. We always have a, a great involvement with it, Driven. We always go along and you'll see me roaming around with a microphone and capturing the atmosphere. And for I know that for me and for a lot of people of similar age, um, Goodwood was an event that we started going to as the, at the Revival, for example, as children. And now we've all kind of grown up. And I've got friends that also went to the Revival as kids who are now on the events team there or on the PR team and I go along from a media point of view and it is amazing and it's I find it so fascinating now you know, nearly th- coming up to 30 years 25 30 years on from when it started to hear those early stories because now it's so easy for people to think oh it's just this huge event that everyone goes to everyone's heard of it but this the very early years of the revival it was a really small intimate event wasn't it We're oh yeah yeah like yeah a couple right. of thousand people yeah that's right it was it was it was like but it was the biggest event we've ever been to i mean mm. we'd, we'd done our local club races don't know there's a few people come along with these things but when we turned up and just seen you know crowds of people there yeah. it was pretty it was amazing it was eye-opening for us so yeah it's and it, in the early early days um it was a bit more personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it was, and now it is, it's, it's a massive money-making machine. Now, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Don't, we, we love going. It's, 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 the, it's the highlight of our year, and it's, it's, it's arguably the biggest classic racing event in the world. Is, yeah. Nothing beats it. Like, but it's like stepping back in time. Mm. You walk those gates, and you would swear, man, you're in the 60s. 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. For me, it was, it was an eye-opener. It, it was, yeah, because yeah, last year it was the 
first year I'd ever I'd done Festival of Speed a bunch of times. Yeah. Revival was um yeah, last year, twenty one. Mm-hmm. Sorry, twenty two. Twenty two, yeah. Good grief. Twenty two, yeah. First time ever going. And it just blew me away. Like I'd obviously heard, you know, the stories from you guys and you know, because you you've been doing it for a hell of a long time, but I don't think anything prepared me for what it was in reality. Mm. It was it was like uh it was you know, it everything that you maybe value or valued from yesteryear mm-hmm. is there in one yeah. little niche area and you can appreciate it. Everybody dresses up, you know, and you're the odd one out, right? If, if you're, <laughs> if you're not dressed up in yeah. period clothing, yeah. Yeah. You, you get, people you, look at yeah, you. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You, you get the look, you get the stare. And, and I guarantee you, if you, if you come back the next year, you don't, you wear the period clothes. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. Cause it's, it's all about part, taking part of it. I mean. So the, are you saying my, Adidas shell suit I wore last year <laughs> was not the one. The bright uh, pink velour. Yeah, okay, okay. I'll let you get off with that. Okay. One, okay. <laughs> no, no. Genuinely, it, it absolutely blew me away. And you know, um, everybody knows. Everybody knows Grant. You know, and you love that. I, I, don't know. Don't know. You know, I, you know, I, I always say, I'm the, I'm the, the Welsh boy done good. I mean, that's the truth. Yeah. I mean, I, I live like a superstar on the weekends, and that's the truth. I mean, Monday morning, I'm doing a CD boot on a. Visual 106, like, I mean, on a Monday morning, like, I mean, yeah. back to reality with a big hard bang, like, I mean, don't know, I'd love to do this all year round, I mm. mean, I, but funds just don't pay it, I mean, I can't, yeah. I can't afford to do it, so, and not so I said, but Revival is, it is just spectacular, like I said, and, and when I, when I remember when I went, the first time I walked that door, I just could not believe it, mm. and I was in, I was in by one, and, you know, it just, I was Jerry Marshall. I'm racing as Jerry Marshall yeah. guy. I mean, I think you just don't. These guys are like heroes. They're gods. Like I mean, I'm this young, 19, 20 year old kid. Like I mean, just and I stick on pole. And the first time I get, I've never even been to the track. Never seen it. And I'm on Brilliant. pole. Yeah, and 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 Goodwood is not the most forgiving circuit, is it? No, no, no. it's deceiving, isn't it? Because yeah. a lot of people, perhaps who don't race or don't even do track days, they look at the circuit. And go, oh, it's not very technical. Well, it doesn't look very difficult, but it's a Damn difficult track to do fast because it's a fast circuit. It's, it's, one of the, it's fast, one really of the fastest fast. circuits yeah. in the UK. Yeah, yeah, it's fast and flowing corners. When you've got cars that don't have ABS, don't have traction control, no. you've got other classic cars spilling out yeah. lubricants everywhere, left, right, and centre. Everywhere, everywhere, you know, you can set a time. This is what happens normally. You go there about two weeks before um, on a test day. All of a sudden, you set your times. Cars dialed in. It's, it's amazing. It's perfect. Don't touch a single thing. Come race day. Throw it all out the window. <laughs> <laughs> it all goes to shit, okay? Because it oils up the track does, and everybody's going, "Wow, I'm, I'm two seconds off the pace." Like, I mean, but just the way the track goes, it just goes greasy. Yeah. And you just got you just got to try and dial it back in again. Like, I mean, and and just you know aim for your targets. All you can be do with the place down there, but it does it does change. And if it's wet, my God, oh, yeah. different story. Oh, right? and, and the Dunlop tire is useless in the dry as well as <laughs> chronically useless in the wet. Like so. <laughs> It's fascinating to yeah to hear that from from your side of you because I you know everyone likes to talk about how dramatic and um, difficult a, a race is or a circuit is the, the the book of racing driver excuses come out but when you are talking about the revival there are so many challenges beyond just circuit conditions and other drivers because you have got a real variance of talent as well haven't you oh, yeah, people yeah. that have been invited with uh, with cars as owners you've got amazing uh, racing drivers that are world famous who've been given the opportunity to drive somebody else's car yeah. and for a lot of them it might be the first time they've ever sat in the car that was yeah. one of the things that fascinated me about uh, the revival talking to a lot of the drivers and saying like how much time have you had beforehand testing and they went no this no, is no, no no I've just we've just done that <laughs> yeah. sighting lap yeah, yeah, that yeah. was the first time I've yeah. driven yeah. around the circuit or I've driven in this car so yeah I mean taking from so I guess we should we should kind of wind back the clock a little bit with your 
racing career pre-Goodwood and pre your fame for being the guy that slides <laughs> around the Jags. What were you doing before that first couple of years of revival? Uh, well, we started off, I said, Dan was doing the, the Jaguar Challenge in the Mark II. Um, and he just said to me, son, do you want to go racing? I said, yeah, I'd love to. So off I trotted to Silverstone back when there was Peugeot 306s at the time. <laughs> and that was the sort of the, your track car at the time. I passed my license, done the test, off I went. Um, what year would this be? This would be 97, 90, yeah, 97, 98. Yeah, 97. Uh, and then I'd done the 98 championship. Um, and I was in the B, was this a lower class because I was a novice. Mm -hmm. So I would run a call a B class. So we could only run inch and three quarter carburetors. And we'd only have two inch, two, two carburetors on the car. And everybody else was in, all the top drivers were in A class. Mm -hmm. So off I go, Silverstone, first race. Um, I was third on the grid. Uh, the first time in the car, never never driven it before either at all. Um, led for, I led for most of the, the race. Dropped back to third. Only could have just inexperienced, just learning the track, learning bits and pieces in. And I think I, yeah, I finished third overall in that first race. Next race was Castle Croom. and all of a sudden then I'm I'm on pole. Mm -hmm. I win the race, and then it went from and they said these. These are big grids. You know, these yeah. are 35, 40 car grids with Jags. Mark Is there ones. really that many? Oh, there was massive grids. Mark 1s, Mark 2s. Um, you were basically mixed all kind of Mark 1s, that kind of Jags here. And off I went. I finished first in the first race, in the Coon race then. I'm underpowered. Mm -hmm. And then I got quick. I was, I was getting so much quicker through the year. I was basically, <laughs> I, was, I was winning by so much <laughs> that they started slamming lead in the car. Okay, and they, really? they thought it was cheating mm -hmm. in the car, and I said, you know, we, you know, they pull the car apart, and yeah. there it is. You know, I I have less power than you guys, but I could outbreak everybody, and I could out corner mm -hmm. everybody, and I was sliding, sliding the car through the corners, carrying my corner weight, corner speed. Mm -hmm. um, so in the end, I was running through the race mid season. They had 150 kilos added into the car, wow. and I'm in a lower class, so I'm beating all the A class cars. Uh, and that's it. Went on from there, and then they, I kept getting quicker and quicker. To the point, fact was, we got to Alton Park. And I said, Dad, I said, I, look, I mean, we have to do something about this. So I said, I'll tell you what we'll do. I said, we're in the race now. I'll I'll put in the pits, okay? <laughs> Pretend there's something wrong with the car. You run out, open the bonnet, check the bonnet back down, and I'll go back off again. Like, no, no, so no. <laughs> so it, was, it was Carl Gann at the time was leading. So I, I done, we'd done that. We staged it, came in. So yeah, I went back out third, halfway through the race. Within a lap and a half, I was back on the leader then, wow. uh, Carl Gann and XJ. And I remember it was really funny because as we... He wouldn't get out of the way then. And I was I was a second and a half, two seconds a lap faster than he was, okay? Mm -hmm. And he wouldn't get out of my way. He was, back in those days, blocking was a thing. You yeah, know, you, yeah. there was no, you know, one move. You could weave across the track and stop wherever you wanted. You'd make yourself into a wall if you wanted to. And so he was going around the back of the back circuit of Alton Park and <laughs> he just wouldn't get out of my way. So in the end, I was leaning on the back of his car. So I was rubbing the back of his car, literally. <laughs> and every time I come around, there's bits in front of my car missing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was a bit of a glass and there was a light and then the grill was bent, the grill was gone. And I was just literally leaning on the back of his braking point and just sliding the car back and forth up his back bumper. Wow. And he wouldn't get out of the way. And then I had about two laps from the end. In the end, I went past him on the grass, just drove past him on the grass. <laughs> and, I, and then... And I, I got past, and by the time we passed the cross the line, I was four and a half, five seconds in front. Come on. Yeah, so, and then he came up, and I was, I was, I was, I was 19 at the time. He had this massive, he wanted, wanted to kill me, and he's, really? he's in his, like, 30s, like, I mean, and he, and he comes shouting at me, and I'm like, 
I said, listen, son. I said, I said, I called him son. I said, I said, I said, listen, son. I said, look at the lap times. Yeah. Well, that's how you say everything I say, can we? He said, yeah, but I was in front of you. I said, it doesn't matter, doesn't I said. It yeah. doesn't matter, I said. You know, I'm literally two seconds that faster than you, I said. I said, just get on my way next time, I said. Yeah. And books, I never got penalised for it because they couldn't see it because it was on the backside of the track. Because every time I went past them, I didn't bother nudging him or rubbing him. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was on the backside of the circuit. Wow. Um, and he was, in fairness, he was fine after that. He just, he, he, you know, a bit of red mist and then he's seen afterwards. And then I won the championship in the first year in the car. Um, so it's safe to say that something clicked with the Jack in, in terms of your driving style, having the car moving around, you know, a classic, a, a historic race car. Well, not historic, I suppose, as much as it is to me mm. nowadays, but something clicked with the way that car and oh, you gelled, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It just, it just, I just seemed to be, I don't know, I just felt it won with the car and it was really... It was an odd feeling. It just, I just, I knew where the car would go and how I would put it. And you know, you, it's always the same. You get that feel through the seat of your ass, and you just mm. you can feel the car. Yeah. And I, and these guys I was racing against was, you know, Alex Hammond. He, he was the owner of Oxford Products. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. I mean, of and the guy, he, he was throwing tens of thousands of pounds at his car. Like mm-hmm. Landers used to build his engines. He was, he had, he'd have sixty brake horse more than me mm. in his cars. And but I just, I outdrove him. That's the way. The middle yeah. thing, I outdrove him because. Dad knew how to build a car, don't get me wrong, but we didn't have the funds to put an engine in the car. We just had something Dad would built on, literally built the engine on the kitchen table. Wow. And slammed in it, and then off I went, like in second-hand tires we'd borrow and stuff like that. And oh, I love it. I love the idea of, you know, people... I'm sure it came with its controversies, but, you know, people saying, oh, you know, it's clearly, there's clearly some trickery happening, and you still hear it now to this day, don't you, with certain cars that race at the Revival, and there are yeah, a few kind of like, mm, chin-scratching, yeah, I don't know if it's actually legit. But the idea that people thought you were cheating... Uh, perhaps you know do some engine trickery or something when you're actually working on a massive like a tiny little shoestring of a budget to yeah, make it work yeah, yeah. to then have to protest to the point that you're inventing a scenario to pull into the pits to pretend that it's broken in order to yeah. allow others to have a go. That's bizarre. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, you know, if anyone's seen a Mark One or a Mark Two Jag, there's no way to hide anything. You can't hide any trickery no, or anything exactly, like no, that. No. It is just, it, you know, it for the most part, it's it's a metal body shell yeah, and an yeah, engine in it. Yeah. There's nowhere to hide any special parts. No, or no, like there's nothing at all. And, and Dad, this is Dad's analogy of the car. He said, son, it's a house brick trying to turn corners. Mm. And yeah. that's the truth. And that's what it's like. I mean, there's no, you just got to throw it through the corner. And that's yeah. what, and they were always a bit reserved. And I wasn't. I was like, okay, come on, balls to the wind. Let's just go for it. Like, yeah. you know. Perhaps that is the benefit of being a plucky nineteen-year-old, isn't it? I, I think so, but I don't. I, my style has never changed. I right. mean, I, I'm still I'm still the same now. I mean, I don't think. And that's fifty years on from then, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, basically fifty years. I'd say sixty years now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am older for your dad. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but I'm so grateful that you're not. <laughs> you might be. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's and that's that's what happened basically. And they said, and then the next. After that, yeah, it was the invite for revival then for the for my father and I did, did it, um, but that first race revival was just it was it was special. Did you have any thoughts at the time at that first race that the event would transform or continue year on year to grow and grow and grow to now be an event that people you know people travel from the other side of the world, people come over from Australia and Japan and stay for a week in the UK just for the revival. At that very first race meeting, do you remember thinking like this might grow into that, or was it just another weekend? I just thought it was another weekend. Just wow. I just thought it was it was it was a special weekend. Don't wrong. It was really special, and I was really lucky and privileged to get the invite for it. Mm. I mean, not knowing what we was getting invited to, and yeah. and, and it said after that first race, 
it was like I was sort of thrust into stardom. It was like, oh my God. I mean, I, it was just, I couldn't believe what happened after the race mm-hmm. of all the, the pictures and the magazines. And, and it was, my name was plastered everywhere. I was in autosport and it was in front page of just everything. Just yeah. me sliding through a corner in the, with massive puddles of water flying everywhere. Like, I mean, so, and I was, I was like, but I didn't think it was, I just thought, okay, that's it. I've had that race. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was the end of it. I mean, I, whether, whether I come back again, I didn't think it was ever going to happen because again, we, we were the other side of the bridge. So we'd come back home and nothing really happened. Like, I mean, yeah, but, I think that's that cemented it. Would you say that that was kind of, that was the point where the trajectory started to change? Oh, 100%. 100%. After the first St. Mary's race, that yeah. was and me racing against Jerry Marshall. Yeah. That 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 single race that put you on the map. That put my career on the go. 100%. And then, and I have been flying Goodwood's flag since day 1. Mm. I mean, literally Well, it, yeah. I mean, you, you know, you only need to scroll through um Goodwood's social feeds and every wrong. every few weeks there'll be a video of you. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree and I and you know, it's it's uh, oh my god, I've never recapitalized on it. I mean, mm. I it's only now in the last few years I've been doing it and that's thankfully down to my wife, Bryony. You know, Snowden, she's basically... She, Great plug there, by the way. No, she does, and she... And if it, I wouldn't be nowhere near where I am now without her. Sure. She's I, I done can, it. I can definitely vouch for that, because I've turned up to race meetings with Grant, and he's barely remembered to bring his race boots with him, right? <laughs> 100%. And, and 100%. Some, somehow it all seems to work, and it definitely isn't down to you. I could I, I tell you this now, I couldn't even fill the race form out, okay, right, okay? I couldn't so, even fill that out, okay? With all the admin and all the rest of it. Not a chance. If I, if I come around to yours of an evening and it'll be, brian has got a head buried in a bunch of paperwork, something like that, what's that for? Yeah, it's for Grant's race meeting coming up that he should have done weeks ago. You know, she definitely staples it all together. Oh, for you. yeah, and she, she's good with social media stuff. And literally, she, she runs my life in that side of things because I'm useless. I mean, it's, it's not even, a, there's not even a word to describe how bad I am with stuff. <laughs> she, she'll tell me a time and place, 20 times she'll tell me that time and place, and I'll like, I'll be there. Yeah. I'll do it. Okay, don't get me wrong. But don't ask me to fill anything out or deal with anything <laughs> like that. And she does. Like I said, my life's got a lot easier with her being around, that's for sure. I think and she's she would amazing. argue that hers has got a lot harder. Oh, no, I, I agree, I agree. And, you know, she's a racing driver herself, mine. So, she is. Yeah, and she's from a massive... You're actually building a car for her now. Uh, yeah, right? I'm building an Alpha 145. So oh, wow. Yeah, she's, she's, she's got a bit of racing history in her family as well. You know, And Chris, her father, Chris Snowden, her father, is amazing. He's an absolute... He's just... He's, he's one of those father-in-laws that you, you just wish you want you, yeah. you know and he is such a nice guy and he sucks you in because he's so generous he's so kind and you will literally give a kidney for the guy because he's that nice yeah. he's just you know he's a dad he's a, he's like he's like another dad brilliant and that's why i finally would but i think it, that's quite telling of the whole the whole like grant williams extended family isn't it yes we, it is we yes. refer yeah. to it like that because you know i you know I, i've been newly introduced to it in the yeah. last couple of years and you know you've welcomed me in with with open arms but it you know whilst there is there's Grant Williams Racing, which is you driving the car, your dad helping, you know, building oh, them and all yeah, the rest of yeah. it. But there are so many people now that are part of the larger Oh, family. my God, it's, mm. it's, it's, it's huge. My, my, my father, he works tirelessly on the car, but for nothing. He doesn't get nothing out, apart from his enjoyment of being around the people and yeah. what he does. I mean, and again, I wouldn't be doing any of this about my father because mm-hmm. he, you know... He doesn't want for nothing. He, every penny he earns, he will plow into the car back to me in some way or form. And he always says, "Now he said, you know, I'm 47. He's still wiping my ass." <laughs> 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 but you know, and my father is my rock. He is my yeah. he is my main push and things like. I mean, and like I said, he is 
there's nothing he doesn't know about a Mark 1 and Mark 2. He's like a dictionary. Wow. And, I, and he, he tells me stuff, and it's most times in year one, in one year, not the other. Like I mean, so I need to get it all logged down what he does. And, mm. you know, and I need to get it, you know, an autobiography on him or whatever, but he needs to write it all down because he is literally just like Rain Man. Wow, maybe we should invite a uh, no a, a Q and A of questions no, about no, Mark and no, Marty Jax. No, we'll <laughs> no, that would be a, that would be like an eight hour podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I bet you there's somebody out there that will listen to it. There would be, there yeah, would there would be. be somebody. That is that is amazing, but it is um. Uh, his people skills are not the best. <laughs> we got we got to rein we got to rein him in sometimes, haven't we, Miles? <laughs> well, we do, we do. Yeah. Especially fun. women around him. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He's he's of a different era. Yeah, a different era. Gotcha. Yeah, um, but you know, he's he's uh, he's got a way about him. That's for sure. He will give you the up his back. You know, yeah, he will. Yeah. If you were stuck somewhere in the middle of nowhere, he will jump in the car and go. I you know I I broken half shafts at car fest events, mm. Manchester. Uh, literally, Dad is is I know eight o'clock at night. I mean. Dad broke the half shaft. Okay, son, I'll be there now. You wow. know, he'll, dr- he'll drive four hours to Manchester. We'll change that. So work till two o'clock in the morning, jump in the car and drive back. Wow. Well, there, there, there was a... Was it Carfest? Carfest. I blew the engine up in the car. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Carfest is... You've been doing that for since the start? Yeah. Uh, no, um, three years in it was. Um, and that was, again, Chris Evans, yep. the radio uh, the radio DJ. He's a big fan of mine. Been revival, seen me a few times. Um and again, this is all from Goodwood again. Mm. He, he came to Revival. I never met him. Um, it was one of the races I did. I was sideways everywhere as, as I normally do. I won the race. And the next thing, Monday morning, I get this phone call. I'd gone back home. You know, my phone's gone crazy. Grant, put Radio radio one, Radio 2 on. Why? Chris Evans just dedicated the whole show to you. Like, I mean, no he's, yeah, yeah. Um, the salt and the slide and stuff like that. And, and he's just going... And the whole show is about me and what I do at Goodwood Revival and stuff like that. And then uh, they basically got me to, to the car fest event as a surprise for Chris Evans. Wow. He didn't, you know, he's never met me before and they, they organized and I turned up there and he, in fairness, he, you know, he sat there for an hour and a half with me and my father just leaned against the car in the paddock, just talking to us, just, just want to know all about our family history and what we've been doing for years and years. And he's, and he's a real nice guy to be around. And he just, mm. and then again, it went from there, more invites to different events and stuff like that and the car fest stuff. I love the place. It's amazing. It's a real good show. Mm-hmm. It's just fun. It yeah. is pure fun. There's no pressure. Well, there is, saying that, there is pressure because the pressure is for me to perform and yes. do what I do in the car because for me, it's just like burning tires out and popping them in a, in a car that's priceless. Like, I mean, so you get the haters that don't like and then you get the guys <laughs> that just love it. I mean, um, but I, yeah, I blew the engine up at Car Fest North mm-hmm. on the Friday run, the last run on the Friday night. Papa killed it. Oh, so, no. I, again, Dad, what have we got? What have we got left there? He said, right, well, all we got is Granddad's old 4.2. You know, it's a bit, <laughs> she's a bit rattly. Um, so, okay, fine. I borrowed a trailer, borrowed a vehicle, chucked on the trailer. I drove back four hours. We worked till three in the morning, swapping the engine on the Jag, and I was wow. back by, I think I got back about eight o'clock in the morning, ready to do the first show <laughs> after swapping it. And it was the engine that was just sat on the side that, you know, we had fingers crossed. It either yeah, worked, it, it, yeah, it yeah. either worked or didn't work. And it did, it worked, it worked for the, it done the north and then I sent a rod to the block at South oh, no. <laughs> on the last run and it was one of Grandad's special engines he had from oh, the factory like, wow. and I put a rod to the block. Um, Please tell me you've kept the block. At we've least. kept, the, I've had yeah. the block welded. Um, we have, it can be fixed. It's only, it said it's not, it was no real damage to the, it's just right. the rod done the block side of it. So it's, it can be repaired. I haven't, we've welded and repaired it. Yeah. 
I've kept the weld on it to show because yeah. again it's in the story. It's absolutely it's yeah. a battle scar, isn't it's it? It's a battle scar. I mean, yeah. so we'll do something with the engine again. So and, and just to paint a picture of that, you know, it's not like you're going back to you know um, Mercedes F1 with you know billiard table smooth workshops. No, 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 you know, it, no. It is from humble beginnings. Yes, you know, you're all the way out in Risker. Yeah, yes, that's somewhere in Wales. I, I don't ask me where it is. <laughs> um, and you know you've literally got you've got the workshop there you've got all the jags based out of there yeah. etc uh, et but it is basically your dad's garage it's right? a it's a it's a small it's a two car garage on the side of dad's house that's what it is you know, there's there's no ramp in there it is it is all down axle stands yeah, wow. uh, jacks it's it's how it was like club and racing yeah yeah and that's, and that's how we do it. and again we've been fortunate enough with dad's knowledge of racing cars and what they did with the jags over the years. He, he just, we just, he knows how to build a car, and it just puts us to the front. And I think we are the perfect team. Don't get me wrong. Money has got us further forward than in the last five years. And again, and that's all thanks to a, a friend of mine named Ross Hyatt. Yeah, he could see the potential of what I was doing, um, and I managed to get him. I managed to get him as a celebrity driver. He's won them all. Uh, and he just said, right, what do you need? I said, well, we need you know, Rob Beer racing engine. Rob Beer has been a massive fan of the family. He, you know, if somebody came in with a, they wanted to spend 30, 40 grand on an engine, they would take up good bits of the engine, they mm. wouldn't ask it back, and then Rob would go like, you are, son, I've got some nice pistons, you're some nice, they, they, they've done a years with the racing, but yeah. there's nothing wrong for you to have them. Like, I mean, so, and he'd always build his engines like that. And it was always, dad would give him a couple of quid, a bit of cash he had in his hand. And those engines were amazing, no, no, they were fantastic. But when you got money, mm. there's a big difference. You know, oh, yeah. you you plow money into an engine, and then you got instantly go from having 280 brake horse to 360 brake horse. Yeah. But that is a cost of between 30 and 40 thousand pounds. Yeah. And ju- just to interrupt, just for anyone wondering what that earthquake is in the background, uh, it's because Grant keeps smacking his hand on the desk. <laughs> he did warn me about doing. <laughs> I should. I've, you know, I've never. I don't think I've ever actually mentioned this on. An episode, <laughs> but one of the things. So before every single episode that we hit record on for the Driven Chat podcast, I always say just one of the ground rules because of the microphone stands we use. Try not to hit the table, but everybody does it. <laughs> you are right. I said every single person that we record with, and you will li- if you listen to the back catalog, if you listen to our podcast every single week, you will hear this noise, <laughs> and it's because it's the most human, the hu- most human thing to do when you're talking and you have a table in front of you is to tap the table. So yes, thank you for pointing that out, Miles. <laughs> and I told you everybody does yeah, everyone it. See, John's supposed to save something. But you're supposed to tap the table, tell us not to do it. But, yeah, that's yeah, right. I <laughs> but then if I do it mid-sentence, then you end up going, oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> the Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
No, and that's it's it's basically about you know it's the cost of things, and it's yeah. it. and we've been doing it, and it's transformed the car. The car mm. is so much faster, so much more stable, and there is more to come out of it. But again, it's it's all about funds. Yeah, and I said I tell people this all the time: we don't do it on a shoestring; we do it on the thread of a shoestring. Yeah, you know our budget for the year is is nothing compared to what people spend on. You know, I'll do a whole year's racing. What somebody will spend on one race? Really? Well, we would we would we've talked about this regularly, haven't we? You know, with with um, uh, with my year in the Pragas, or certainly last year. You know, when I was actually looking for you know I was looking for I was bringing money to the table mm. this time round, yeah. and what I would spend doing a test would do you for half a season. Half a season, yeah. Half a yeah. season of racing. Yeah, racing, yeah. And I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at the front. I'm winning. I mean, you know, mm. I'm, you know, I've won Revival seven times. And I've been top three 15 times there. Wow. You know, and that's, it's, it's a massive achievement, cause especially, you know, when you've got people like Jordan racing, you know. Mm-hmm. There's some quick boys there. They are, they're massive. They're, it's, it's their open checkbook racing. They yeah, literally yeah. will spend the funds on these cars. It was 100 grand to build a car. Yeah. And they will, but they won't just, t- they'll do test after test after test. Dialing every single thing, and for years I didn't go. I didn't, the only race I did for years after that first revival race was literally revival because I wasn't racing in between at all. Wow! So I couldn't afford it, so I would. And when they changed the years from nineteen fifty nine cars, then you, it was sixties cars. I would miss, so I, I could only race every other year. Right. So I would do any no racing at all, no testing, nothing at all. So I would rock up from two years previous in the car. We just pulled out of the shed. Mm. Okay. Checked it all over, turn up at Goodwood and win again. Love it. And, and, and with no racing in between at all. And this went on for a few years. Um, and then it said after I got divorced, then things started to progressively get better because I had more time to do more things. And mm. I just decided, said, look, I want to go racing. And that's what I said. And then again, I met Bryony. And it just, from there onwards, it just catapulted. Brilliant. I, I think it's so refreshing to hear that because there'll be so many people listening that dream of the idea of racing. And there'll be a lot of people listening who've been to Goodwood. There'll be many, many more, tens of thousands of people listening who would have watched either just clips on YouTube or they've watched the live stream of the, of the revival every year. And it can be so easy to just assume that every single person out there that's in a car is a multi, multi-millionaire because they've got a classic racing car and this event is populated by wealth. You know, a lot of the, the, the people that go there and the sponsors and you look at the, the scale of what Goodwood is now and, and it can be so easy to fall into this incorrect void of thinking, well, everyone that's there is just a millionaire. You know, it's probably, yeah, it's probably costing them a couple of hundred thousand to race at the weekend, but they can clearly afford it. But the reality is, it, it, it's just not true, it's is No, it? no, it's not true. It's, it's not true. Don't be wrong. You know, 90% of the drivers are there, are, are that type of people. I mean, yeah. and, and they have got that kind of funds. But again, uh, I don't, you know, my, my granddad bought the car. It's it, it's got a lot of value in it. But everybody says to me now, why didn't you sell the car? I mean, they oh, keep going no. on about. It. I mean, it's it's worth. It is. I say it's arguably the most famous Jag in the world. Definitely. Okay. It's the most famous car at Goodwood. Yeah. Okay. I, and even down almost down the festival speed, it, it's got such a presence about it. I mean, and I could sell it tomorrow and retire and live comfortably, no problem at all. Mm. You might live from week to week, mm. and that's the truth. Um, but I never would. Right. I, you know, I got people offering me money in the car. And I, I don't want to. Mm. My life is racing, and I and want my son, my son or my daughter to drive racing. You I mean I want them to drive that car as well? Because right. I want to be fourth generation out there. Mm. You know I mean that's the truth. Absolutely right. Yeah. You know the the. That's quite telling. You want you want to keep the car. You want to keep the car in the Williams family, right? Yeah. Yeah. Of forever. You do. Yeah. And it, you're right. You know we're not talking about. We we were chatting the other day, wasn't it? If you if you were to actually go and try and build 
say something like buy one now, you'd be what 150 grand. Minimum? 150 200 grand to get you to, to get the same car that we got now. Yeah, that's what you're looking at, and it, that'll be a front running. You know, that's, yeah. that's as quick as my car. Exactly, there'll be no difference in what's good because I've got no. If somebody says to me, "Look, you are build me a car," I will build you the exact same car I got. It doesn't bother me at all, and it's whether you can drive that car is another question. But I, I got no qualms about it. Mm. We'll do that. I mean, there's no no qualms about whatsoever. But it's two hundred grand yeah. to build one of these cars to be to be a quick, competitive, front-running car. It's in the blood, isn't it? It is. It is in the blood. It is in the blood. And I said, I, I'm, I was self-taught. You know, I never. Dad didn't take me. He just said, look, son, do you want to go racing? And I was thought he was. And right. off I went and just started from there. No, didn't do karting, didn't do anything like that whatsoever. And my daily drive back then was an old Mark Three Escort ex-post office van, <laughs> 1.6 diesel, <laughs> 56 brake horse. And God, I could throw that thing around you. <laughs> Non-turbo. <laughs> Non-turbo. <laughs> you know, I could, I could, I my, 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 one of my mates had a C, an Escort Cosworth and with this, this, this road down there called the lanes. I mean, and I could pass him in this, in, in this six, 56 brake horse and he was a 300 brake horse cause of the air. And I'd go past him like he was going backwards in this little diesel, <laughs> you know, you know, I'd, and I, I remember having a set of RS table wheels bolt on it with a set of, and some Technic Remol tires. Like, and I thought I was the kiddie. Like, <laughs> That's where it all began. <laughs> That's right. It did all with, with a mattress in the back. <laughs> oh yeah. Less said about you that, were, the better. Yeah, I, I assume you were moving house. Yeah, yeah. it must have been. <laughs> but, but Grant, just to wind the clock back just for a minute, because we're not, we almost glossed over the history of buy one. Yeah. You know, that car, as you say, is, wasn't it? It was a factory car, right? Yeah, a factory car. Uh, it was built in 59 for, well, it was the British Touring Car Champion at the time. At the time. Um, and it was, again, it was Salvador raced the car, Peter Sargent raced the car. Um, they were always factory cars. So the factory built seven of them, mm-hmm. okay? Because it was unfair, they didn't want they. They first started off with buy one, and then they said, "Look, we can't just do one of them. We got to do if any other teams want one of the cars, we'll build more because it'd be unfair for just the one car to be out there." Uh, and then Coombs of Guildford had the car, of course, yeah. But it was technically never their car. It was always the factory's car, uh, and any modifications were always done back in the factory. Mm-hmm. They did some bits and pieces back at their place, but any major modifications was done back in the factory, and that's how it went from there. And then. The other six got destroyed mm-hmm. over the years. They were very special cars because at the time the it came with disc brakes. Of course, yeah. yeah so one the, of the disc first brakes, disc brake cars, yeah, because yeah. and there was no disc brakes on any other car out there. Only the yeah. D type. So they pulled the brakes off the D type yeah. and put on our car, and it had aluminium doors. Uh, had this triple carburetor set up on the car with a special manifold. And of course, what's so famous about the car is the manifold. Yes, because the three eight engine is quite a tall engine. And they couldn't put the triple carbs in the engine bay, so they designed these special upswept manifolds that fit in the engine bay, and they cut a little piece out of the back of the bulkhead to make them fit. And that's one of the most unique things about the car. Right. And with the triple carbs, the alley doors, alley boot and bonnet, apart from the driver's door, the driver's door was never alley, it was always steel, because Salvadori didn't want to race with an alley door because he didn't think it was safe enough. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they so they didn't have that. You know, it, it was modified. They had the suspension was modified. The chassis were reinforced. Uh, they were seen well, spot welded in places. Uh, extra chassis legs were added, uh, bulkhead pieces in the back of the bulkhead, um, twin fuel pumps and stuff like that. And then it came with long range fuel tanks because it was built to do the uh, three hour races at Brands and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, so that's what it was built to do as well. Um, and that was the car. I mean, and, said, and then that's what Grandad bought it from that point onwards then. But yeah, the car's got a lot of history. So it, it, I think it came second. It was a loss by one. 
it was one point or something on the in the in the championship over over technicality about some turning it with one of the races and it didn't <laughs> yeah it was just, so we finished second in his first year in the in the car like I mean so wow. yeah so I'm very again very fortunate and very lucky that Grant bought the car when he did like so I would I don't think I'd be here because it's it's a mixture of two of us together mm-hmm. we are by one and me are together you know he's a team Definitely. yeah I mean yeah. and we mixed whether. No, I, you know, truth of the matter, I don't think my driving style has got me to where I am. Don't mm. get me wrong, you know, and I, I, I know I've done that. You know what I mean, yeah. But I think the car's done it as well because the car's brought me to that situation. It's, it's brought me forward, being famous. But at the time, he wasn't really famous. Mm. At before revival, there was basically there was an article because um, the original registration is two eight seven JPK, okay. and there was an article in the, in the like a, one of the Jaguar magazines. Whatever happened to two eight seven JPK? Right. We had it for years. We just left in the shed, and that's then we. Sort of got it out for that, like I mean. Gotcha. So where did buy one come from? Buy one was basically the plate that is a Coombs plate. See, it doesn't. It, it's not on the car. Everybody assumes it is a part of the car. Got it, it is. It was a plate that by Coombs used for years and years and years. It was just a gimmick. Was all yeah. it was. I mean, and he, he, it is a, a real registered plate, but it's, Coombs and Gilbert still own the plate. Got ah, it. Uh, so it's actually not registered on the car, but. Everybody knows. Everyone Again, knows I've, we've made that plate famous for what I've of been course, doing with the car. Yeah. But how many times have they have, has somebody tried to sell it to you? Then? Uh, no, it was up for sale. We it was it was about I think it was about fourteen years or fifteen years ago. Uh, it was actually up for sale, and I did inquire about it. But it, the starting bid was ninety five thousand, oh. and and Dad did think about remortgaging the house to try and no, yeah, really? we did think about doing it and just to get the plate on the car. And I said, Dad. Who really cares? We run the plate on the car. We don't really care whether God. anybody says we can't do it. We just do it. You yeah. could be the ultimate pretender, couldn't you? If you went and bought the plate and then bought a car that looked remotely similar, yeah, you, you could be you, the you ultimate pretender, pretender on the road. Yeah, they yeah. do. And it's, it's thing is, it's still Coombs and Guildford. The dealership still got the plate. It's actually on an X One or an X. Oh, it's been on various wow. cars over the years. But if you actually if you do the DVL registration, <laughs> it's still it's a current plate being used today now. Oh wow! Um, I want to explore the um, your comment with regards to. You and the car almost working in synergy, and the car being as it is has got you to where you are in terms of recognition as a driver and your abilities. If it wasn't for the Jaguar, and perhaps you went into the world of racing in a slightly different avenue, where do you think you might have ended up? What do you think you might have been doing? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I I I often think of that. I think of that all the time, actually. And don't get me wrong, my passion has been touring cars, you know, mm. and GT stuff like that. I mean, as as a kid, Dad took me to Le Mans twenty four hour, and I. And I was sitting on the, the, the old days when the back when the Silcut Jag was racing and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. But that was always my dream to be, you know, a Lamar driver. That was my, you know, don't get me wrong, I, I, you need money to do that, you know. And it was really, it was a real big thing because I remember it was, I was the last in the 90s when Derek Bell was racing for Jaguar. Mm. Um, we got on a ferry and we was gone on the way over and Derek Bell was on the ferry. And we sat there on the Dover thing crossing. I was a young kid, sat in my, you know, and dad's, t- and dad's went up, sat, talked with him, said, oh, I race Jags, Mark one's Mark. And Derek, as a, ge- he's a real gentleman. He, he sat there and talked to us for the whole hour. And I was just, you know, in, in awe, you know, this is, this is Derek Bell. Like, I mean. mm. And it was amazing. And then again, Derek shared the car with us for years in the, in the market, because it was, it was a two driver event, a revival. And you wouldn't believe it. It was like, they said, oh, do you want Derek Bell to share with you? Brilliant. You're brilliant. We can't we can't wait. And he actually remembered. This is years later. Really? He oh, remembered wow. the conversation with my father sat on the ferry and he remembered us. And he was like, Oh my God. And we two and two together. Like we knew straight away what it was about. But then he put two and two together and said, Oh my God, Tony Williams. I remember the conversation. That's awesome. And it was a real cool thing. And you know what? 
Derek won at Revival. He's n- all the years he's raced there, he's never won since. He's only ever won there in my car. I, I love it when this sort of thing happens to kind of complete the circle. So Derek, Derek and I, believe it or not, used to be work colleagues. So I used to run a travel company where we, uh, and this is how I met Miles, funnily enough, uh, where we'd organise driving tours all over the world. Derek used to be one of our celebrity tour managers, so he'd come with me. So I've spent many a car journey with Derek, driving around and having conversations with him. And I love, I love hearing other people talk about their first meeting with Derek or talking about conversation with Derek because I just sit there and nod and go, yes, that's right. That is exactly what he's like. He is such a wonderful man. I would love to, I'm gonna, I will try actually, I'm going to try and book him in to have a proper podcast chat with him because it's been so many years since we, we've done it. And he has appeared on the podcast, but again, just as a microphone thrown in the face kind of thing. But he is an incredible man both as a driver just as a personality and yeah everything you've said there just is so true he's such a he has this amazing catalogue I'll never I'll never ever forget sitting in a hotel with him at um, at the Nürburgring in Germany we were out there with a big group of people and funnily enough somebody walked over to him with an American accent in this hotel we were having breakfast in in the Lindner hotel at the Nürburgring an American accent walks over and says oh hey Derek and he looks up and he's like oh bloody hell hello and he's got chatting with him Anyway, it turns out is this is one of Derek's next-door neighbours in Florida, where he lives most of the time. And then Derek came back and he sat down next to me and went, I'll tell you something really embarrassing, because I have this amazing memory when it comes to faces. I'll remember every face I've ever spoken to. I will have a full-on conversation. I'll, I'll pick up on the conversation that we had maybe five or six years ago. He goes, but I can never remember their bloody names. That is me to a T. That is me to a T. And I was sat there like, you know, chuckling about it. Oh, you know, you know it happens to the best of us. Um, and he was regaling this story about how he and both he and this American neighbour had both got raccoons in their loft at the same time, and they were, you know, the details of this story. This was from years ago. And fast forward a good few years later, my career's moved on. He's obviously still doing amazing things. I bump into him again at Goodwood, and he did that same thing where he went, "Oh my God, how are you?" We had this wonderful chat, and then as he's chatting away, I went. You can't remember it's my name, can you? <laughs> <laughs> I'll save us all the embarrassment. Yeah, exactly. But it's, you know, he is he is a wonderful man. And interestingly, Derek shared the story with me that he doesn't, he, he no longer actually enjoys driving at the revival. No, does he doesn't. He? So no, he, no. that must have been, you know, to have that as a story, as again, another accolade for both you and the car to say that Derek was. It was potentially one of the last cars he raced. Yeah, he did. He, he, he stopped because I remember we, you know, they used to ring us up. And said, "Do you want Derek?" You know, we mm. of course we do. Yeah, we want. And, and of course, towards the end of Derek's career, he, he was getting slower. Yeah, uh, and he, he said the same. He said, "Look, my racing days are over. I mean, I just I'm I'm here on a retainer. I just do what I got to do, and yeah. and that's what he would do. And it and it didn't matter. I didn't care. No, I just wanted Derek in the car. I mean, I, and he he was the only. He would come up, he would spend time with you, he would talk to you, he would sit there, mm. he would chat the bullshit, like, I mean, yeah. and, and, you know, he's a fan of the women. <laughs> well, he, they would walk past, we'd always have a little giggle, and I was like, ah, and he said, that's for you, son, You're, that's, your, that's your younger generation, go on. <laughs> uh, but but we, we really we really gelled as, as, a, as a team driver, he yeah. would really clicked, me and him did. But he was just always, he would give you loads of feedback. I remember the ones, and he was in the, one of the races, like, and, um, he kept the belt kept coming off the um, <laughs> off the off the the water pump. Right? Okay, and I kept, we kept seeing Derek. 
are you over revving the car? <laughs> no, 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 I swear I'm not over revving the car because we, we didn't have any technology those days. And we were just, because every time I said, well, every time you come off, you come back and the belt would be hanging on by one thread or it'd be off the, off the pulley, like, I mean. So, <laughs> for some reason, and then Goodwood that weekend decided to put in car footage in the car, camera in the car. Brilliant. And they gave us the DVD. So, but, but they didn't just give us the DVD. My brother worked out, right, one of the, the feeds was behind us. So we plugged in a uh, recorder. So we were recording the uh, live feed. Lad. So, of course, we, we watched the film back. We looked at the thing. He was revving six sixes. <laughs> so he was oscillating the belt after. And he said, I said, you won't. He said, no. I said, what are you doing there, Derek? And he went, oh, yes, I'm all oh, revving. Because no. <laughs> he kept throwing the belt all the time. And he was oh, boiling brilliant. the car over. But, but he did it. And he would, he'd look at you and smile and laugh. And then you just, you, you wouldn't say nothing. He said, just remember, Derek, it only revs a five six. Okay. So that's as far as you can go with it. But you didn't care. You just, because no. he's just, Again, it's one of the people who would suck you in. Yeah. And every time I see him now, he he does he comes and hugs you. He gives yes. you a big like, yeah. what's going on, Grant? What are you doing? You know what I mean? And again, he endorsed me for years. You know, he'd stand on top of the podium and say, somebody, for God's sake, give his kid a drive. You know yeah. I mean, he won't lay you down. He'll, you know, he, he, can, he, he can do it. You know I mean, he can put you on the front. My first going to Praga, you know I mean, I was never sat in an LMP car before in my mm. life, never been on slicks in my life. I'm doing the same times as the guy's been driving this car for the last two or three years. That's yeah. it. And they're not, you know, they're not easy cars. No, ride. they're not. They're all, and by comparison, couldn't be any more different to, to the Jaguar. Yeah, oh, yeah. God, yeah. I, I, I just tell the people, when I explain how, how they work, I said, look, it's like driving a car, it's like driving a razor blade. You've you got this, you, you're racing on, to, on, the, on, the, on the edge of that blade, mm. and each side of that blade wants to kill you. Yeah. So yeah. you imagine the margin you've got in the middle of it. That's all you've got, because it literally will spit you off mm. in a split second. And, and you said it. But I got in that, and I thought, hey, this is fun. You know, I can do this. I mean, I, I got the point. I was, I was sliding the, you know, the Prague around. I mean, because again, it, it will if you if you treat it with respect. Yeah. And you grab it by his neck and wring its neck, it works. I mean, and but again, I've never had a fear of cars. I just get in them like miles. You just get in them and you just you just go for it. Like I mean, I just thought to myself, oh well, you know, and I don't think. Uh, tell you the truth, I've never been if if I if I die in a car. I die smiling. Mm. I mean, that's the truth. And I mean, that's where I want to go. Yeah. Behind the wheel. It'll take us a while to find you from all the tyre smoke, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> we'd, have, we'd have to wade through that first. Oh, there he is. No, yeah, there he is, yeah. Again, smoking's part of the fun of it. People just enjoy the smoke, don't they? Well, like, you know, that's that's become the trademark, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, it is even, the trademark, yeah. Um, Festival of Speed, wasn't it? Festival yeah. of Speed. So yeah. it, well, I don't know what year it was, but when they started to invite the drift cars along, and obviously they yes. really got, um, they, you know, they got a great reaction. And they're, very, they're awesome at what they do, right? Yeah. You've seen how narrow yeah, the yeah. Festival Speedrun is. And then you go up and do basically that, but in a car from what year is 1959. it? 1959. 1959, yeah. okay. Putting on a, arguably a better show than the pro drifters. And they actually come up to you and say... They did, yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was, that was... What year was that? That was, we did, we done, I done 2022 in the... In drag form, didn't I? Yeah. 21 with drag form. 21 days. I think it was... It was pre-pandemic, because I think... Yeah, it was just, so it was, it was, yeah, it was just before pandemic. Sorry. Martin Richards and uh, Bagsy. That's it. That's so it. it must have been... It must have been 2018 or 19. Yeah, I think it was 2018. 2018. Right. Yeah. I remember, and I was there, and I was... Okay, I, I seen the Drift Boys off they go, and I thought, you know what? I can do this. I'll have a bit of that. <laughs> I'll have a go doing this. Like, I mean, I've done a, bit, done a bit with car best. No, I got no aids in the car. There's no... Yeah, of course. There's yeah. nothing. All I got is my left foot, my right foot. That's all I got. Yeah. I mean, I jam the foot in the brake and just control the back of the slide and just go for it. I mean, and I remember I was on the doing a burnout on the line. <laughs> and 
and actually, they, I was, it was, I got entered in into the, it was, a, it was the, the best burnouts of the weekend. Like, I mean, it was, and there was Ferrari F four five. They were going, t- and I was creating more smoke. And there's some beautiful shots from you come off the line, there are, and all yes. you could just see is this, this grey saloon of the car, and then just behind it, just smoke everywhere, and the sun yeah. beaming through it. And I was broadsiding through the corners. But I, what I was doing, I was doing the first part of the run in the morning. I was banging on the old Dunlops, doing mm. my bit of fun in the morning. I wasn't even getting a, going for a practice time. I was just having a bit of fun. And then the afternoon was the time run. So then I would put on the best tires I had. And I was going for the run. You know, I was going to win. You know, I did because I've won, won faster speed twi- twice before. Mm-hmm. Fastest saloon crap the year. And I got down to a 58 seconds in the... Wow. In a, and I, and the, and That's I, going left, I think, yeah. Um, who was the current champion at the time? He only done a 56 I mean. in, a, in a modern touring car. And I, here's me and this old clapped out you know, thing, you know, held together with sticky tape and bits and bolts. And I was, of course, and everybody tried to do it. I was got up the top. You have to, you go to the top at the end of the finish line, and that's a bit of a bit of fun point there. Yeah. And everybody, I'd come out there, slam the brakes on, down the first second, then and do a big massive drift up into the holding area. Then I would hold it on the spot, load a big donuts, <laughs> and I would creep the car down to the hold to the parking point, left foot braking. Just smoking the tires. tires even in the fire. rain, I would do it, and they would. You know, they, they weren't even smoking the tires in the rain, like, and I would hold it there in the rain. And again, the, all the drift boys came up to me and said, "My God!" And they look in the car and they go, "Yeah, what have you got? What have you got? What toys? Where, where's your yeah. handbrake and everything?" And they're going, yeah. "Where's your? Where's, where's, where's the two Where's engine? the line lock? Yeah, where's yeah. the line lock? <laughs> well, I'm got a line lock. I'm got an handbrake. I could just just doing this. I mean, and they literally and the respect I had from that. Yeah, they were going, "Well, I can't believe you're doing it and what you're doing it. Like, I mean, yeah, I remember. I remember one year. Was it? Um, I'm sure it was by one, and you turned into turn one or turn two. <laughs> <laughs> and so you think, wow, okay, he's going for some big angle here. You go, fair play, Grant. Here we go, here we go. Oh, oh, no. Oh, hang on. No, it's gone a bit further. <laughs> yeah, and then he's, then he's on the grass. And what, what the, the dashboard? dashboard fell off in my arms. <laughs> he's driving <laughs> along, and the dashboard ends up in his lap. So as I went into the corner, I was full broadside committed, and it, it, it fell into my arms, and I couldn't hold the seat. I couldn't get my... St- Get my hands back to get the lock back on the car, oh, wow. and um, <laughs> and as I, you can see in the on the footage from Goodwood, I'm not even finished sliding on the grass. I'm hooking the gear to get it to do a to <laughs> try and style it out like I mean, do a donut on the grass. That's right. And it looks really good. Like, and I just broad off. I go off. I go off the dash behind my shoulder. You know, I've had the, I've had the gear knob snap off me in a race. I've had the dashboard fall off me in the race because even though you think you'd learn from the first time, you're <laughs> now just sticking one screw back on the top. It'll be fine. It'll work another two years. You know, I mean, there's videos, there's shots of incompetence of the gear knob snapping off my hand, and I'm literally just th- throwing it behind me and slicing my hand to pieces. Then because it's like, it's it's like sharp, shaking, like wow. shaking hands with a cat after that. Yeah, because it's just a sharp <laughs> stick stick with a sharp bit of steel on it, and you just got to grab it and just yeah, finish the course. rest of the race. You know, I've had gearboxes fall out to me in the race. I've had half shafts snap on me. You're losing wheels and stuff like that. And I've still so, managed uh, to do so it. So if anyone wants Grant to prepare their race car, <laughs> just give him a call. Never had still, any problems. Still win every time. Like <laughs> <I mean so. laughs> but, but yeah, absolutely right. You know, it's um, it's a real spit and sawdust way of doing doing motorsport and racing right for you guys yeah. and it's on a shoe it genuinely is on a shoestring you know I, I you mentioned it a bunch of times um we're well aware of the budgets and all that kind of stuff what it go what it costs to go racing but you guys do it and you stretch your budget a hell of a long way oh it's and again it's you know i try to make tires last me two or three races if i can get them to go that far you know with <laughs> i don't do myself any favors the way i drive the car because I, <laughs> I tend to kill my back tires pretty quickly um 
don't go. I can drive in a straight line when I need to drive in a straight line. It's not it, yeah, a lot yet of it to is the evidence. But. Yeah, yeah. And I look. Truth of the matter is, people don't come to see the car just go in a straight line. Mm. And that they and they and I've learned this. This is the truth. I've learned from the beginning, right? And this is the truth. If I ain't gonna win a race, you ain't gonna remember the winner. Very good point. And that's the truth. You yeah. Mean? So you just you put a show on then, okay? And you just get as leery as you possibly can. And that's what they want to see. They don't care whether you, you could finish last. Mm. But if you are driving the absolute bollocks off that car yeah. to the point where there's nothing left of it, they'll respect you more for that than they will the absolute winner. Well, yeah. I think that's what that's what Goodwood are actually really good at in the sense of, yeah, if someone checks out at the front like they often do in a Ford Galaxy or something like that, they'll they'll watch that for a bit. But then they'll the cameras will focus on yeah. the three or four cars going for position midway in the pack or something. Yeah, right? yeah, because they will. They're putting on a hell of yeah. a show. Yeah, well, again, I, the last the race I did in Buy One, I remember going, I had a great start, off I go, they're all battling behind me, I'm pulling a lead, and I'm looking up, I'm going around the track going, okay, right, the rule is, right, you build a gap, build a gap. Yeah. So any problems we get, we can manage this gap then and try and eke it out to the end of the race. And I remember going around going, I'm looking, you can see the big screens. Mm-hmm. I'm going, I'm not getting no coverage here. <laughs> I really? <laughs> yeah, I remember looking at the big screen going, so like, and I actually quickly around thinking, and they're showing the battle behind me, I'm thinking, this is no fun. Yeah. So I, I just, I lift off in the race. I, I, I back right off to catch. Don't get me wrong, it's a bit of a, you know, they, they catch you and then you're in this fight then yeah. and you've lost this because once you pull the gap, it's easy to maintain the gap then, like I said, and you yeah. keep in front. But when you get into the battle then, you're battling. Yeah, you so you, you've lost that time. That, yeah. that half a second you had over everybody else, every lap, goes, gone, it's done. Mm. So you, you realize, okay, I might not win this, but I'm going to have fun having a battle. Yeah. And I'd rather finish third, like I said, having a great time, having a great fight. And that race, that last race with George, with Andrew, with Mike, it was absolutely amazing. Because the gearbox was, I had no, I didn't have second. <laughs> I, you know, I, I had a hold in in third gear coming down. It was just, it was banging out. There was oil spewing over the back tires. We split the tail shaft of the gearbox. Oh, wow. And I just kept praying every lap. Oh, please give me the checker flag. Just get me to the Because we didn't think we was coming anywhere Anywhere at the front that week, that weekend, mm-hmm. we didn't think that was happening. We thought we, 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 you know, maybe if we got to fifth, we'd be lucky because everybody has progressed so much over the years. Yeah. And but we hadn't. We'd sort of been carrying on what we got, and and after that point, we sort of been plowing. You know, we, we put more money into the car. The money I've had, we'd managed to put into the car. But that was one of those races, and I was, I remember crossing that line with, and it was literally within a fender. Mm-hmm. It was a fender, and Mike. He got out of the car and he was like, Mike, he said, you drove, because I held the inside line. Every time I came around that corner, I just kept the inside, knowing, knowing that he'd have to go on the outside of me. And if he could get alongside of me, I could just grunt it down the straight a bit more. And he did say that. He said, I gave him loads of room. Mm-hmm. He said, you played it smart. You just made me go on the outside every single lap. You held the inside line. And he knew full weight. you get to the side of me and I could, I'd have the legs on him more on the top end of the speed. But out of the corner, we was equal. Yeah. It was more to when I got up, up to fourth, top of the third to fourth, I could just pull a bit. I could maybe get two or three car lengths on him. And then he'd, he'd rein me back in straight around the breaking point of the corner. And then he'd be all over me to the corner again. Small, light little car, E40s. And he said afterwards, he said, yeah, you just you drove that absolutely amazing. Hmm. He said, fair play for you. He said, you, you literally made me work for that. And I said, Mike, truthfully, I don't think there was another lap left in the car. Wow. And that's, and he was, and then I, then I got disqualified. Oh, no. <laughs> Got disqualified for the only. It was a bit of a bit of a sore point. It was the um, we kept saying the good for years and years and years. The car does not 
comply to your rules. Right. Okay, because this, you know, the factory car came with triple carburetors, big valve uh, head. Okay. Uh, and the rules were built up for the revival for the Mark 1s. They had to run a standard head, uh-huh. uh, non, non, just a standard non-straightboard head. Um, we allowed to run the triple carbs, but we wasn't allowed to run the big valve head. Right. But our manifolds will not fit on a standard head. It only fits on the big valve head. Yep. The straight port head. And we kept saying for years, look, it doesn't comply to your rules. You mean, we've signed the Goodwood Declaration, but they, they just kept saying to us, look, Grant, you know, your car's a one-off. You know, I mean, mm. it's fine. You'll always be okay. Don't really worry about that side of it. Um, you know, it's, it carry on as normal. Like, I mean, so, okay, fine. And then uh, the main normal, the, the head scrutiny was normally there every year. He was doing a touring car weekend or something like that. He right. wasn't there. And then there was another scrutineer came in and he basically he went to town with everybody. Uh, he was he was because everybody was cheating back then. They were yeah they, yes. they had roller rockers in the engine and stuff like that. And yeah. He just went that's it disqualified disqualified disqualified. So I won the race no problem, no issue. Uh, um, I remember in the park for me the guy one of the masters the scrutineer come out. He said you open your bonnet you open my bonnet. Two seconds when I got put the bonnet back down. Didn't think anything of it. Mm. Okay fine um, off he went and then. Uh, all of a sudden, my my time disappeared off the, off wow. the, and I was like, and Brian is going nuts trying to find out what's happening. Mm. We find out, disqualified, technical infringement, Ugh. and I was like, for what? You you got the wrong head on the car. I know I got the wrong head on the car. Yeah, it doesn't. Been telling you for years. It's been telling you for years. <laughs> the wrong. You know it's got the wrong head on the car. I mean, yeah. it's not like yeah. I'm hiding it. You know I me. Mean? You need to change the rule. You and then, and in fairness, I said. I, Everybody knows I won the race fair and square. Even mm. Mike, Mike afterwards said, look, I don't want to take the win. That's not right. He, he, he said, I don't want to take the win. He said, I said, no, Mike, take it. You know, because you know, at the end, of the, he got to go up on the podium in the, the day. Yeah. And, and take, get the, you know, the champagne and stuff like that, which I didn't get to do. Which it was really, it was heart wrench. It was, it was gut wrench, in fact. For all the years I've been mm. giving my, my soul to this, this race and this, this weekend. Yeah. And, um, and then all of a sudden, then I was, you know, I was pretty like, you know, Bugger good, I'm never going back. I've had enough of this. Oh, really? I, I was, I did feel a bit like that at the time because it really hurt me. Yeah. Um, but I, afterwards, I thought, okay, look, it is what it is, uh, you know. And then we started discussing right about changing the head and all that. And I said, Dad, look, we're not changing the head mm. because the head is the car. That's how it was built. And we're basically, and then Gilbert contacted me. We sent an email to to Lord March at the time and said, look, you know, we'd like to arrange a meeting to have a discuss about this. Mm-hmm. And instantly, email back. Hello, Grant. Sorry, what's happened? Yes, we need to have a discussion about this. Can you please come down? What date would you come down? Two weeks later, I rolled in there, and I walked in there with a a a, a bro- uh, not brochure. What was it? Um, oh, Briefcase full of cash. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's, what do you, what's 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 what a race program? Uh-huh. A race program from 1959. And the first race that I ever did was that revival. Wow. In that form, and I said, so you disqualified the only original car. To race in period, yes, of course, the, and the only car that's actually original in that race now today, yeah, everything yeah. else is repercussions. They're, they're yeah. not. It's, it is the only real car that actually raced this whole time in its exact form. Mm-hmm. You disqualified it, and they literally went, "We know, we know what's happened. We're so sorry." And they were worried that I was going to say, like, "No, say mm. I'm never coming back." Yeah, because there's a bit of a stain on my thing. Like I've been done for disqualified, disqualified, cheating, but I haven't cheated. No, that's right. Yeah. Um, and they instigated the rule change. They there and and they gave me the option. They said, "Look, do you want to?" Um, I never really spoke about this. This is a bit of a this mm. is a bit of a new thing. And they they said, "Look, we'll give you three options." Right. If any of the six cars turn up, okay, 
they can run they run the same spec as you yeah okay um, they said are the heads widely available I said yes they said look the other option is that you can just run this head only you make the rule up just for you to run the, as you are mm-hmm. or if you've got any objections can we make the heads available to everybody else I said yes it's it's not a problem I've been seeing this for years they can all run the same thing as I got I can act I'm not I'm not hiding nothing you can do it you know what I mean? Because, you know, with big modern technology, you make a standard head as fast as my head anyway, okay? It's just a big valve head is just an easy way of getting easier, quickly break horse. Mm-hmm. But with, with the way you can flow heads and stuff like that, a standard head with small valves, actually, technically, you can make it quicker with a standard head, which you, same. Yeah, yeah. So they changed the rules to say, look, yes, if anybody wants to run a Mark One or Mark Two, you could now run a big valve head. And that was a, of course, the cost of changing rules in these things, it's not just like, oh, we'll just write something in a book. It's a big expense for, for a big for Goodwood to change these rules, of course, yeah. and that's why they never did it. Of course, because the cost of doing it, because they had to get it's not they got to get solicitors involved, they got to get stuff to do, and then I just walked in, you know, showed them the build sheet of the car. There was it came out of the factory with a big valve straight port head, and that's all they wanted. They showed them that, the instant done the rule change, and then forever and I hopefully there's never gonna be a problem again with it. Like I mean, so yeah. and you've got you know you've gone on to have. There, since then, are still a great relationship with. Oh yeah, with yeah. And, I, and again, I agree. I do. I get on really, really well with them. And I said they, 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 they've. You know, don't get me wrong. It's a big corporate thing, like you said. They change hands all the time. There's people different. People you've been speaking to for years and years mm. and years are there. And then all of a sudden, then you make a phone call and there's somebody else is taking this place. You mean? But in fairness, they've always the person they've taken their place. They've always known what I've done and do there, which is kind of nice. And they, you know, yeah. I, I always just start the conversation. If I ring up to say, look. Am I coming this year? Am I doing this? I say, like, hello, my name's Grant Williams. I own Buy One. Hi, Grant. We know who you are. Because yeah. it's something new you speak to every time. Yeah, we know who you are. Yeah. Um, as far as we're concerned, yeah, you know, they don't. They never put everything in right in there and then, mm. but they always say to you, look, don't worry. As far as we're concerned, you, you're coming. You know, we, yeah. But, but again, we always like to try to know. It's hard to try to, to book for these events. Mm. We want to know in advance if we can. But sometimes they didn't let us know, but like three or four weeks before the race would start, like the weekend wow. would start. So, but yeah, they do. They do help me. Um, and again, I've been flying their flag. Absolutely, my whole life. I said I live and breathe revival. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Do you know it's interesting you say that because I, from the the flip side of it, obviously the non-competitor, non-motorsport side of it, but very much the media side of Goodwood, I speak to multiple faces personalities from the organization point of view and even towards the after we'd had our chat actually at the revival i'd walked away to, we'd recorded with you miles then we'd recorded a little bit with you grant and i walked back into the media tent because i'm obviously their media accreditation yeah. i walked back into the media tent and the head of media catherine walked over and said oh hi john you know how, how's how's the weekend going you're getting everything you need and they're brilliant the media team all absolutely phenomenal and i said yes i said actually I've just had a brilliant conversation. If there is anyone here that waves the flag for Goodwood, it's Grant Williams. And she just went, oh, no, we know. I know. I know. We know. He's just invaluable. Because, and like you said before, Miles, you look, if you go, anyone listening now, if you go to the Goodwood Revival Instagram feed and just scroll down, I can guarantee that within 10 posts, there'll be at least one, but possibly three, photos or videos of by one, Pedaled by Grant Williams going sideways whilst trying to get past an Austin A30. I can guarantee. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I can yeah, guarantee yeah, yeah, it's yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. and I, and I said that, and the, my I said what cement was that first ever race with, and that was um, Jerry Marshall. I, yeah. It was. I still remember every part of the race. Now it was one of those. 
it's sort of cemented in my head what happened. And I was, <laughs> I, again, I was young at the time. I put on pole. It started to rain in the race. But what happened was, again, we had a Perspex rear window in the car. And as like as typical as on with Williams, like we don't check the rule book, and so we get, oh, you're not allowed, not allowed to have a perspex rear window. Okay, we just, but that's how the car came from the factory, so we didn't. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, right, we're gonna give you a ten second penalty. Hang on, that puts me fifteenth on the grid. That is wow. from pole. So I'm like, you know, I'm I'm seething. I'm sat in this pad in the seat going, <laughs> I was there, and I'm way back here, and it started to rain. I mean, it it literally it was just pouring down. So okay, okay. Union Jack goes up, down it goes, off I go. I right, I started off. And I thought, okay, right, I just passed three cars, okay, four cars, and I'm going around, and it, it, the track is so wet. But everybody, for some reason, started funneling to the middle of the track. Huh. They didn't. They weren't going left or right because there was a lot of water on the outskirts of the track. So they, of course, they were all going on the line, just following the trail. So I just started going around the outside of it. So I was going from left to right passing cars hitting the water aquaplane everywhere and I just thought to myself okay this is fine I'm used to this anyway this is no different to me I'm, this is just racing mm. and I remember getting down to just by, uh, just before the Levant Strait and I was passing Jerry Marshall and I'm, I've gone so I've gone from 15th to 1st and I've just gone half a lap and I, and, I, and I remember looking at Jerry going and he's looking literally he looks like, it was so vivid I look over at him and he's looking at me and, he's, and he, he mouths like if I can say this, are you f***ing mental? <laughs> and I, and I, and I, and I, and I looked at him going, like, and I shrugged my shoulders going, going yes, yes I am. What? And I, so I'm, I'm thinking, oh, I've just passed on a black flag, there's, you know, they, or yeah, there's a red yeah, flag, the race has yeah. stopped. I'm thinking to myself, I'm in, what if I missed? I'm, I'm, I'm in deep, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I'm scouring around looking at the marshal post thinking, right, okay, what's going on? Are they going to, no, the race is still, and then I look at him going, what, are we racing or what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and off I go. So I just, Barreled off in the distance, and I I pulled a massive sort of massive lead, and I, again being young, I got a bit cocky, <laughs> and I remember going past my father on the pit wall, and that the rain now this I've never seen it was biblical, yeah, and it was bouncing off, the if you look at the video back of the day, uh, you could see it it was just bouncing off the track, and my father I'm going past my father on the pit wall, and he's going he's waving his hands going slow down really? slow wow. down, and then he's he's again so he's, he's he's swearing at me going slow. <laughs> and I'm going I'm going past going like wow what's wrong this is no problem this is fine no problem. <laughs> and then all of a sudden bam I hit the end of the pit wall the pit straight and it's just a massive lake it's like yeah. it's like a torrent and the car just lifts oh no off I go and I could just see myself it wasn't really a fast spin it was a slow spin and I'm just rotating 360 oh, wow. 360 360 and I remember just kissing the, the tire wall at the time and he kissed it and as soon as again, as soon as I hit the wall, I'm in reverse gear trying to get back on the track. Fair. And it was so wet. And there was and as I was spinning, because I always drive the window open, always done all my life. The window's wide open. And the mud, because I was going on the grass, came oh, in the course. car, it was all over the yeah. windscreen, it was everywhere, there's grass everywhere. So I'm in fourth gear trying to get off. I'm so panicking trying to get off the grass <laughs> as fast as I can to get back into the race. Yeah. And I dropped back, I dropped right back half the grid. I calmed way back up to the grid straight away. I had another spin for the chicane, just messing around. And I found that point then I was just I was balls the win at that point. I was sideways everywhere. <laughs> and I remember that I <laughs> and what happened was when I kissed the pig, it spun the belt off the water pump. Uh-huh. So in the race, the temperature's going, you know, it was 100, 110, 130 degrees. It was off the scale. So at the end of the race, I came in, I came, we was just coming through the chicane, 
I was just getting off the track. I think I finished fifth overall at the time. But the car stopped. Engine went tight. It was just pressed the start. It was just doom, doom, doom. Didn't want to start. And um, I was I was just that's why I got out of the car. And I, I thought, okay, they're cheering Jerry because Jerry won the race. I thought mm-hmm. they're cheering Jerry Marshall. And they weren't cheering Jerry. They were there was the crowds were screaming my name. And I'm like, again, I'm this nine year old kid. Like, <laughs> I'm thinking, well, what have I done? Well, what have I and I, I pull in, they, they push me in, and I was signing autographs all of a sudden. Wow. Literally autographs. And there was photographers all around me. And Jay Marshall, to this day, I remember him saying to me, he said, he, he, he said you little shit. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I won that race, and no one remembers me winning this race. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what happened. And, I was, yeah. and from that point, that cemented my relationship with Revival. And Fantastic. that, was, and that, that. Was, a, it was a great thing to be around. And, and Jay would always, every year I'd go there again, and he'd go... I got to finish behind you again, didn't I? Because <laughs> he was a real fun character. Yeah. Interesting you say that it cemented your relationship with the revival, but I think from a spectator point of view, it also put you firmly on the map of the driver to watch. Because I can remember, and I'm going to date this slightly, but I can remember it would have been early 2000s, would have been one of my first visits, so I'm at this point 11, 12 years old. And I vividly remember, vividly can remember, standing at, at the old Shell building i'm stood there with dad leaning on the fence watching this jag flying sideways and listening to the commentary team going and if you want to rely on somebody to put on a show you can always rely on grant williams and there you go sideways through and i may i'm I'm gonna have to dig out an old hard drive when i get home from this because i may even have photographs that i would have taken on a ropey little sony digital camera back then and it's fascinating and, and i love that every single time i go back and obviously i went back many more years as a spectator as a punter with dad and with friends and then now I'm attending each event as as media which I'm so utterly utterly proud of that I can turn up and have some sort of official capacity in being at that event and to this day the same remark I hear it every single year from the commentary and it'd be somebody saying and if you want to have a show you can rely on Grant Williams to send his car and I just love it I absolutely love it I love that you have you genuinely have become as much of a part of that event as the likes of Ron Atkinson going yes, out and racing yes, or yes. when he was still with us, Sir Sterling Moss. There's five or six names that you always look out for at every revival. And I can say right now with certainty, Grant, that you are one of those names. Yeah, well, funny enough, there was a, a, a vote, uh, a poll, and I was, I was named one of the most, the five spectacular things above revival. Yeah. And my name was put into this thing and I was, I think it was number five in it. Yeah. And uh, I remember that... I've only ever had one DNF there, one DNF. Mm-hmm. I, I threw a rod. Uh, I was racing as the Mustangs. I was in the Mustangs at the time because back then those they were quite mixed, varied races. Yeah. And they would beat me in the straights. And I was I was running, lying third, and I was going. I was calmly through the Mustangs at the time. And I remember because I wasn't again. I was only racing every two years. Mm. And I threw the rod, and I remember sitting there. It was I was three quarters through the race. I was sat on the wall, tire wall, at the end of the pit straight, crying. Fizzy sat there, just sat there. You know, mm-hmm. I was about 25 at the time, sobbing, because I just think to myself, I can't come back here for that, because I can't afford to do it in the year. Mm-hmm. This was my whole life to get here, and I did not, you know, we could barely afford to do this one race anyway, mm-hmm. thinking to myself, oh, it's going to be two years before I get to come back here again, yeah. or get to go racing again. Just sat on that wall, thinking, you know, I literally tears running on my face. Wow. And I was so gutted at the time, so gutted at the time, and afterwards you sort of wipe it off and you carry on. Like, But it was a real heart breaking wrenching thing to imagine. deal with you had to deal with and look at the cars and the people around you and 
and knowing that you know that's their daily lives. They they do this every day as a as a fun thing. Like I mean, all every weekend is for them is racing. Like you know? and then to try and stress to people that I'm, I'm to do what I'm doing against the drivers that are doing this day in week in week out, and I got no track time whatsoever. And it's just turn up. And this went on for years, for years and years. So in the last said probably six years that I've been going there mm-hmm. on a regular basis. So bring us forward to, I suppose, the present day now. Yeah. So there are now two cars in the, in the Grant Williams tent. Yes, there is. Yes, yes. So there's a Mark II now, Jag 400. Yeah? Yes, which is Sterling Moss's and Tommy Sutler's old car, Sutler's biplanes. Um, we, we've had the car for, for years and years and years. Um, again, we we started building it ready because, when because again, when they started to do the every other year event, it was 60s cars. The mm-hmm. Mark II was the one. Um we started to build it back then, and then we sort of ran out of money. We couldn't afford to finish it off, and then we found that the rules were basically really the Mark II was really heavily weighted down. They weren't you weren't allowed to run the big valve heads. They were allowed to run two and two inch carburetors. So we just just shelved it, left on the side because I couldn't afford to build a car to run eighteenth and twentieth on the grid. Mm. And like I said we've had the car for a long time. Uh, it was gifted us by a guy named Brian Crute. He was basically he was he said look. The car, the car needed you know, the roof was flattened on it because it got rolled and stuff like that. Uh, but he wanted to go to a family knowing that it was going to be used as a racing car, not sold or put in a museum Perfect. and kept as a car like that. And I, again, I'll never sell it. I mean, it's, it's part of the family. It's one of the histories of the family cars mm. now. And again, this is how we got the car there to revival because, again, after that disqualification, I had a conversation with Goodwin. They said, look, we know you've got Jack 400. Can you get it ready for just for the pandemic. Uh, Can you get it ready for revival? And I said, yeah. We, we, well, I said, maybe. I said, I don't know. <laughs> you know, if I can find somebody to give us some money to put it on the road. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I might be able to do it. Like, cause it's just, but I said, I'm not going to build a car and run 18. I'm not, I've been running the front. I don't want to be running 18th and 19th on the grid. Mm. Uh, you need to work with us. And they said, right, what do you need? I said, look, all I want you to do is let me run the car in its original spec. Again, because it's a factory car, it came with the triple carbs. Basically, it's a carbon copy of by one. Yes. So it had all the same bits on it. And they said, have you got proof? Here we go. There's the build sheet. There's my car. There's my build sheet. There's my chassis number. There's the car. He said, triple cars, big valve head, long range fuel tank, all this stuff. I mean, um, and they said, right, that's fine. Again, they worked the rules. Um, they changed the rules to run the big, so all the Mark IIs then could run the same spec as me, no problem at all. Mm-hmm. Insane, my first race there, fifth overall. In the Mark II, you've gone from, and, but all the other Jags in my race still finished 18th, 19th on the grid. Absolutely. So I was this Mark II at the at the further at the front, like I mean, yeah. Um, which is really, really well again. But the problem we got, I do you know what, it's so fast this track is now, and we've got to find another two seconds out of the car to get it further forward again because you, when you race, the Cortinas are just ballistic oh, fast, yeah. and Bill Shepherds and stuff like that. You know, they're running. Seven liter, seven hundred brake horse engines, these V8s, okay, and they've made the galaxies now. They now stop, mm. and they now turn corners. Yeah, and the day in the day they didn't. They had loads of going to the straight. They passed the straight, but yeah. we had the efficiency to go. We could sort of not not break them, but we could hang on to the brakes. But we was quicker through the corners. Yes, yeah. But now that's changed because the they've again they've changed the rules on the on them. They can run bigger brakes. They allowed to run disc brakes now. Okay, but the problem is, you know, our idea of a disc brake is. So, like we run solid solid discs uh-huh. okay right so okay it's fine that's the idea of a disc brake but no they run can't basically 
NASCAR rigs. Oh, really? They've got, you know, inch and a half thick discs, vented, fully floating. vented, fully floated, yeah. Yeah. four pot calipers. The thing will stop on a dime, yeah. you know, and now, so they now stop. They now go around corners and they've now got massive power. Mm. And this is the, tr- and the truth is, I remember this last year when I, I finished second to Bill Shepard in the, uh, in his, it was in the Thunderbird. And I remember he was, he was way back. And I was watching him come through the pack and I, and I just, just watched him sit there. And I was, I was in, I was comfy in the lead, going, going, no problem at all. And I just thought, I kept thinking to myself, he's doing something back there because mm. he's, he's slowly creeping up forward. And then all of a sudden then, he was behind me. Mm-hmm. And I remember going down the Levant Strait in the mirror. He's two cars behind me. By the time I got the sort of halfway through the Levant Strait, he was three cars in front of me. Jeez. Wow. And, I, and I remember he looked in the mirror. I could see his face in the mirror going, and he literally goes, oh, mm. I've gone too far forward. And he has a big lift. Yes. It's, it's, but he's, um, you know, and I don't think there's going to be an issue, I think, because we ain't never going to beat that. No. No, and, and in, in fairness, me, the Mark One, and all the other small cars, we are pretty much within a half a second. We are all the same because we got a bit more power than they got, but they're more nimble. They last longer, and it, it is literally a cat and mouse race. And that's the whole race. I'm not lying. We yeah. are literally. It's anybody can win that race. Yep. It, between the Alpha, the A40s, um, anything like that, there we are fighting to win that race. Mm-hmm. But against the Ant tanks. It's, it's a shame, case, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we're it, not going to win. We're not going to win. We've we've kind of skirted around the subject of you know putting on the, the difference in putting on the show for the spectators versus trying to actually compete, and there is a balance that's necessary. But at the same time, I think, like you mentioned before, with races in, earlier in your career at Alton, if you were going too fast, you know, you felt you had to pull it back. With Goodwood, I think it's it's even more necessary, isn't it? Because I think it was I was watching a race with Lotterer driving one of the fast American cars at the Revival last year. And he was so fast. He was so much faster than everyone else. He was in the lead by half a lap yeah. in comparison to everyone else. And I remember thinking, but that is bloody boring. Like, oh, yeah. you know, and it, nobody's it, it, watching no one's watching. No one wants to see that. They no. want to see a show. They yeah. want to see a race. Yeah. You are right. And, it's, and that's the way it is. And, and I, get, I got a great respect for Bill. Yeah. Bill, he, he builds a good car. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. he's, he's a real funny character, Bill Shepard is. And I, we have a good, great, great respect for each other. And he, we have a good laugh. And there's a great picture when we were still on the, on the grid. And he's, he's quite short. And he's got a picture of he puts his fingers up behind my, behind my head. Like, <laughs> like a bunny rabbit he's behind my head. Like, I mean, and, he, and he's got this great cheeky grin on his face. I mean, he's a real character. Um, but those cars, they, that's what they are. They're built, they're massively powerful cars. Like, I mean, and, yeah. and they've got them to work. And that's the way they're going to be. And okay. But it was a bit of a bittersweet thing. I thought to myself, if this is the format for the next few years, then I, you almost sort of realize that, hang on, I got to settle for second every time now. Mm. Because I don't think I'm going to beat this car in a straight. We're not going to beat the straight line. Don't get me wrong. No. It ain't going to happen, unless they unless. But Goodwood do. They don't like it, mind. So mm. they, you know, normally they'll they. If well, it they happens, want to encourage the close racing. That's they do. They, they, they yeah. will rein it in in some some form of some sort. Yeah. They will rein it in some way. They might turn and say to Bill, I don't know, or the or the big cars. Mm-hmm. Not just Bill. Whoever's run the big the big big galaxies around the guy. They might say, look, okay, you can only run the original. F- you know, four liter or four point seven, what it was in the time. Yeah. No more commute capacity you got. I mean, that's it. Where where they can stretch it to six and stuff like that. Um, but they, they, I think they will. They will do something about it. I mean, because yeah. then they don't. They don't want. They don't want to go off the distance. They no, want no. cars to be close racing, yeah. and yeah. that's and that's what the crowds want. Yeah, they want that battle. And that's where your mantra of if you're not going to win, then you put on the show. Put on the show. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've had loads of David Goliath races. I again, I've done it before. Where I 
uh, me and Ray Davis with the A35. Yes. That was an amazing race. Yeah, yeah. You, you, literally amazing. Again, like the one where your bonnet had come up. The bonnet yes. popped on the first lap. That's right. And again, because I was, I, I came into the, I saw, I thought, first lap round, two stop, two false starts, because one, uh, one of the cars had rolled in the first corner. So we came back in, we had to wait for the restart again. And it did, of course, the bot didn't want to pop. Didn't want to pop at that point. You know what I mean? It has to pop actually in the race then. So off I go. I came into the pits in the first lap. Yes, that's told, right. I'm a dad running. What's wrong? I said the bonnet's popped. And I came in thinking they might black flag me. and They're going to pull me in. Uh-huh. You know, when I'm leading or something like that. So I thought, okay. So he kept. He just all he does the catch is gone. Just banged it down. Off I went. Yeah. I got to the end of the pit wall, and because it was the first lap. I had to sit there agonizing oh, wait for no. all the cars to pass the line. So they let me out last. Yes. So I, right. again, and I, I remember driving around, and I remember looking, because it's such a flat circuit, you can see the bridge of the whole track when yeah. you're on the track. Correct. I remember looking at the leaders way over, and I think, how am I going to do this in 12 laps? Mm-hmm. And I got down to that. It was a last lap finish. And I remember going past, and I would get it. There's a great onboard footage of the, of the race where I'm flying past cars, inside and out, on the fastest part of the track, and the car's leering sideways everywhere. I'm trying to... And I could see Ray, and I'm catching him, I'm catching him. Okay, I'm going to get him now. Mm. And I... Foolishly, I could have passed him one point. I could have stuck my nose up and done the, the pass then. And I thought, no, i got one more lap left. I'll do it on the next lap. I'll out-drag him on the back section and out-break him into no name and stuff like that. I mean, and it, not realizing as I come out the chicane, Check a flag. No. And, yeah. and I remember at the time, <laughs> and, I, and Ray David, and again, this is, this is supposed to be an A35, and we get, I get behind him, and we come out of the chicane, and he pulls away from me down the chicane. Yeah, and I'm thinking, that's right. hold on a minute. Yeah, this is not right. Yeah, Why was yeah. this happening now? He, he's, he literally he out drags me down the street. Yeah. And I should have been easy just just pull up and just pass him down. Mm. It, would, it would have been close, but I would have got it by offending me over the line. Yeah. But he gapped me before I got to the bloody... Yeah. And it was big of a big thing at the time. Um, uh, I, I finished second in the race. Um, they gave Ray Davis the, the the Daytona, which I've never won the watch. Which mm. I was that's always sort of gold me, but I always wanted to win, to win the Rolex Daytona. Um, they gave him the watch, and I remember stood on the on the podium, and Lord March of the time said, "I've never seen an A thirty five out drag a jam <laughs> in a straight line," and he said, "I don't think I'll ever see that again." Yeah. And that was the era of the clamping down. Mm. Was it? That was the that was the era of, you know, <laughs> we're going to be on this now. No more cheating with yeah. all the cars there. Um, so Ray Davis owes you a Rolex Daytona. So. <laughs> he owes you a Rolex Daytona. Yeah, Ray, if you're listening. But again, it was it was it was a great David and Goliath. Yeah, it was. And it was it a was. real. It was loads of publicity from that race. Yeah. And it was a proper crowd cheering event. Like, but I, I, in my. I don't, I'm sure you would say the same thing, Grant, but the best races I've ever had have been where things have started going wrong. Oh, yes, 100%. Because you've, you've got a job to do there. Yes, yes. You know, you think, oh, God, I'm up right at the back of the pack now. Yeah. And you just, this, like, extra ability, just, like, this extra 10% just appears out of nowhere. You see red mist, didn't you? you? And you, you think, oh, God, i got to go for this now. Like, I mean, you, and you do concentrate a bit more if you're at the back of the grid. Like, you do. And, yeah. You absolutely do. I kind of enjoy it, actually. In, in fairness, like, you know, like you said, all my, my most of my best races have been from the back of the grid. Yeah, I've coming through. So yeah. I suppose it it would be remiss of us not to mention what's happening this year. Yeah, and what and who have you got on board helping you? And are you in the market for more help? Oh yes, always. I'm always <laughs> in the market for more help. Um, yeah, VR Motorsport, uh, Vincent. Yeah, he is. He is a godsend. I mean, again, 
He's like he's um, he, he's like the, the granddaddy of motorsport. Right? He is, he is. And you know what? And he, but he loves motorsport. He, you know, he really, really loves motorsport. His passion is motorsport. And and again, I I wouldn't have done what I've done without his help. And that's the truth. Hundred percent the truth. Yeah. The the funds that he has given me has gotten me to where I am in the last few years now. Brilliant. And he is. He knows I do it on, on, on like I said, not on a shoestring, on the thread of a shoestring, and he always helps me out, and the much as he mostly possibly can. Um, but yeah, this year's I'm hoping to do, hopefully do revival again. Mm-hmm. The invite comes through, hopefully. Um, uh, potentially, I got the festival speed. I, you know that that yeah. that I've I've added they've added they've inquired so that'd be nice to get yeah, back there. Yeah, see. So yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to be back there this year. Perfect. In by one, doing a big burnouts and shows and Brilliant. stuff like that. So they doing a big show up there. Um, again, HRDC, which is again, it's, it's getting quite big. HRDC now because it said there's a lot of classic going on and, mm. and classic racing's get a massive following. It is, yeah, which is fantastic. Yeah. I think as we're edging towards this world of electrification and less exciting road cars, I think suddenly there is the new generation, and I love it. The fact that. You know, there are there are now. I, I still see it at events like Goodwood, and you're going to events, and there are still, you know, kids sort of 15, 16 who have a real, genuine vested interest in classic motorsport. Absolutely, I just think it's yeah. Brilliant! It is absolutely brilliant to yeah, see. Yeah, they, they want to see it because it's yeah. close racing. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. no whole bar. We will, we want to win. You yeah. mean, we'll, you know, we'll rub doors. That's that's absolutely the way it is. Right. It is, you know, regardless of Monday morning thinking. What have I done? I've got to fix that now. Um, that doesn't yeah. go through your head at the time. No, though. it doesn't. <laughs> hell no. You, mean, you, you, you see the gap thinking, nah, I'm going to go for that gap. I'm not going to fit, but I'm going to go for it. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I got a, I got a HRDC, um, a bit of the uh, Mike Hawthorne Challenge, Great. Um, which is mainly Jag mixture races, and Carfest, the invites come through for that as well, so I'm doing that. Brilliant. Look, I'll do whatever I get invited to do. You yeah. know, if, if I can afford it, I'm there. I don't Fantastic. care where it is, what show it is. And I'll go to car shows with the car. I just, I'll take it anywhere just so people can, and I love speaking to people. I mm. love talking to them and I'll tell them about my stories and my life, my family. Because then they, truth of the matter is, I wouldn't be doing any of this without the people, without the yeah. crowds. Yeah. I wouldn't be because it's the crowds that's got me to where I am. Fantastic. And that's the truth. And they, they literally, and without them, it wouldn't have happened. Brilliant. No. So there you are, listener. If you are lucky enough to be heading to Members meeting, Festival of Speed, Revival, and Grant happens to be there. Go and say hello. <laughs> Go and yes, say hello. Please, please, come and talk. Because it is, it is really special. And that's, it's one of the things that we all celebrate about Goodwood. It's that accessibility, the ability to go up to the cars that we've always admired, the drivers that we've always admired in this world where everyone's there for the same reason, because they love the, the sport. They love the era. It's just, it is magical. You said it before. It's a magical event. So knowing that you've got the ability to walk up and go, I've loved watching you drifting around since I was 11, like I have. Yeah. <laughs> I make sure when you, when you guys say that. I know. You are old. A lot more aches and groans and pains and stuff like that has happened <laughs> over the years. But in my head, yeah. I don't feel any different when I'm 25. No, no. And that's the truth. I don't feel any different when I'm 25 years old. Yeah. But we are, I am, when I look in the mirror, I realise how much older I am now. But I don't. You know. You're only 10 years older. That's all right. It's no yeah, distance. No. <laughs> I'm hoping to be going there for, until the day I die. Yeah. I mean, I want to be doing the same thing that Derek Bell is and stuff like that yeah. and, and be invited to do those kind of events. And hopefully then I'll be able to drive on the on the Saturday instead of the Sunday. Which there is you the go. Celebrity driver. So <laughs> that's the plan one day. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, well, Grant, thank you so, so much. I have no doubt that we will hear you again on the podcast whilst I'm roaming around Goodwood with 
handheld microphones and things because uh, yeah what a fantastic uh, a fantastic insight to hear your side of the story we are doing lots with Goodwood this year as a production so we will be at all of the big Goodwood events we have a great relationship with Goodwood and we hope even fingers crossed we hope to be bringing you an episode very soon with uh, a deep dive and a kind, of, a kind of behind the scenes look at the production side of things for Goodwood so we're going to be talking to the PRs we're going to be talking to the events team we're going to be talking to some of the marshals um, and all being well uh, the, the big boss as well we'll be talking to the duke so um yeah, yeah. the duke yeah. fingers crossed we will be there and uh, be bringing you that episode as well in the not too distant future but for now miles thank you very much superb co-hosting once more oh you're too kind thank you for having me um as i keep saying as soon as amy shaw's diary starts opening <laughs> up again she'll be back <laughs> uh, and grant thank you thank you from a personal point of view of for the show for it has been genuinely brilliant watching you over the years and i know for a fact for the many 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 more years that we'll be attending goodwood i will just continue to look and, and watch and see buy one driving out of uh, park Fermi to go and set some skids it's been my pleasure truly my pleasure brilliant thank you very much and thank you finally dear listener for joining us for this week's episode uh, hopefully you have enjoyed it if you have don't forget it's that uh, that slightly crass part of the episode where i say please like us on the internet um i said it last week on last week's episode but i'll say it again thank you so much for the recent positive reviews and five-star reviews it does wonderful things for us if you have the time and the means to do it please do because it really helps us out and if you've enjoyed this episode uh, why not share it with somebody that also might like it as well because the more people we have listening the more money we can make through advertising and the more fun we can have and that yeah. benefits everyone and give me a follow on Grant Williams Racing on let's Instagram. go <laughs> yes 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 yeah. absolutely yeah. very good where point where can people find you Grant Williams Racing Grant Williams Racing on Instagram or Grant Williams on Facebook and zero, and zero West uh, Zero West as well Zero West watch how it. did you forget about Zero oh, West oh I know do you know all these guys again you guys you would love these guys they're absolutely amazing the watches they build are just pure class and they're all they're like me they're a small company did you say they were old like you yeah they're all like me they are old like <laughs> no in all seriousness yeah, yeah. They, yeah. give grant williams uh, a follow on yes, uh, on yes. insta because uh, all of the great um little snippets and videos <laughs> and stuff yeah. uh, are there give them a follow and go check out zero west as well because actually they do make some lovely swag yeah they do they do very nice swag i'm privileged to have one of their swag so <laughs> <laughs> there you go listener that's your call to actions complete <laughs> <laughs> follow, follow Grant. Check out Zero West. Um, and um, yes, if you can, get your tickets booked for Goodwood events this year because you can't miss it. And if if you can't make it, which of course yeah, many won't be able to, various reasons or wherever you're located in the world, make sure you've uh, booked time to watch the live stream at least or catch up with the videos of Grant sliding around because it is a spectacle. It's absolutely brilliant. Thank you both. Thanks again to Baffle House. Thank you, dear listener, for listening. Look forward to bringing you more of the same content around a week from now. And I'll speak to you then. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. 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 The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The very end. And it's John Markar here again, reminding you that this podcast, the Driven Chat Podcast, has now run its course and has come to an end. To find the new format, search the Driven Podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps. Thanks. Bye.